Hello and welcome to the Bubble Book Club, the fortnightly podcast where we interview a successful author and find out the inspiration behind their book. We also drill down into some of the core themes they've written about and talk about how they navigate parenting. At Bubble, we're passionate about books and book clubs. And let's face it, we haven't been going out to discuss anything interesting recently. So we wanted to give you an excuse to form your own book club with friends and then get those book clubs back off the ground. So join our book club journey and enjoy. Well, I'm excited because today on the Bubble Book Club, um, we've got Ellie Taylor and we were originally, Ellie, we were going to do a live event with you and, and we were so excited about it. And then I think basically what happened was we had a bit of the kind of after effect of uh, the pandemic where everyone was getting pinged so much that unfortunately they couldn't really go out. But we're so excited that you're here and you're going to be talking about your book, which I wanted to say, actually, I wasn't sure. I probably should have done my research a bit better. But is this your first proper book? Um, And just tell our listeners a little bit about this book and also what inspired you to write it in the first place? Yes, it is my first book. It's my first proper and non-proper book, any book of any sort that I've written, yeah. Um, And the book is called My Child and Other Mistakes, subtitle, How to Ruin Your Life in the Best Way Possible. And it's basically my story of having a child. So in a way, it's terribly uninteresting. It's the story of a very normal lady who had a very normal pregnancy and birth and a very normal child. There's nothing out of the ordinary there, but I think that is exactly why I wanted to write it, because I think so often often the ordinary tale of the ordinary child sort of gets ignored because we take it for granted and it's just sort of seen as women shelling peas so you hear oh you know so and so from work had a baby or oh, lovely we'll send them some John Lewis vouchers and a basket of muffins and they will all move on with their lives and of course the person who's actually had the child for them it's a seismic experience their life has just imploded but we just carry on we move on because it happens thousands of times a day and that's the strange mix with having a baby is that it's terribly humdrum and you know conforming and it's not exactly a punk choice to have a child is it it's it's like the most done thing in the world in regards to life choices and yet when it happens to you you sort of realize oh crikey this isn't just something run-of-the-mill this is extraordinary and massive and awful and sensational and sometimes it can be all of those things within 30 seconds so that's the story that I'm trying to tell which is the unexceptional exceptional experience of becoming a parent and I think that's what I love I mean one of the many things that I love about the book is that you're very honest in your kind of depiction of the highs I guess and the lows as well and one of the things you sort of talk about is kind of initially perhaps not being that interested in becoming a parent so sort of like coasting along you were quite happy um, but then at a certain point maybe feeling a bit of the pressure to become part of the kind of the mother club, I guess, if we call it that. What was it that sort of, I mean, was it was it kind of family pressure or did you always think that you were going to be a parent at some point? I think that I just, I just thought I was going to get broody and I never did. I thought it would kick in 
people would tell me, oh, you, d- you know, you don't want kids in your early 20s. That's very normal. But, you know, when you hit 30, when you hit mid 30s, it would just you'll just want them. You'll just crave a baby. Never, ever got that. I never felt drawn to babies. I hadn't experienced, you know, hadn't really had much experience with kids. Um, I just didn't I didn't get it. And I just didn't have that longing. So it, it was a very practical, pragmatic decision to be made. You know, do we move house? do we get a new bathroom do we have a baby one of those sorts of things and I thought about it a lot and I think I got to a point where basically my mother said to me I was you know sort of going back and forth about whether I should or not and she said you know you can't think of it now you can't think of it in all these sort of practical terms about how nursery work and who will pick her up on a Thursday you have to just think what do you want your life to look like when you're older and if you want it to involve children, then you've just got to do it because you could ask yourself the questions of practically how you're going to do it, how you're going to manage it forever and ever and ever. But you will only really work it out once you have to. And so that's that's what we did. We were like, OK, let's 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 give it a go. And um, and here we are. We've got two and a half year old now. I know. And it's I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because I guess for people, I mean, would you say for people who aren't parents, like non-parents, I guess there's nothing really that prepares you, you know, for what it's going to be like. And that's what a lot of the content of your book is, is kind of like, these are the kind of things I expected. This is actually kind of what happened. Do you think in terms of readers, is it is it kind of a good read for people who are not parents as well? Or do you think it would scare the bejesus out of them? Um, I think it is a good read for non-parents especially if you are interested in you know thinking whether you do want to have children you're pondering on that question like I was um I think it is because it gives you it paints a really sort of holistic view really of the whole experience from the the beginning of deciding to have a child when I wasn't maternal right through the pregnancy birth and newborn bit and also what your life looks like afterwards and I think so often in in sort of research that I'd done it was very it was very practical and I I can happily say hand on heart there is nothing practical in my book you will not learn any useful ways about how to swaddle a child or how many naps a three-month-old should have there is nothing useful in that way but what I do talk about which I think I wish I could have read about when I was thinking about having a kid or pregnant or in the newborn days is the emotions that you'll go through and your your feelings as the mother because so much of baby stuff is obviously focused on the baby how will the baby work how much does the baby eat how much does the baby sleep all the while neglecting the fact that the woman involved is just becoming a mother herself she's being born herself and that is what I'm focusing on so I think if you're interested in that sort of side of things not just the sort of practicalities I think it's it it is a, a useful interesting read and it's, it's there's no getting away from the fact that it is absolutely quite raw in places I mean it's really funny I should hope so because I'm a comedian it's very it's laugh out loud funny in places but there are bits that are undeniably dark and raw and very honest but I hope that in those moments they offer as much as the laughter does because it's real and it's very common to feel like shit when you have a kid and it's, it's very common to go to quite dark places and that is what I'm trying to say to women it's like we're you, it's, you know it's 3am when you've been woken up a hundred times and you feel it's the loneliest place to be when you are the most tired you've ever been you're with this little thing that is screaming in the dark you've never felt so isolated and alone and yet at the same time there are thousands of women near you doing exactly the same thing and it is like it's so cliched isn't it but we are all in it together and so many of us have experienced it and I just wish I wish I'd known a little bit more and I wish I could have read the book that I've written and that's why I wrote it 
Mm, you're so right, because uh, I mean, you talk a lot about um, the kind of the newborn phase, which I think perhaps also so many people are sort of focused on the birth and getting through the birth and you kind of have a lot of kind of what kind of birth am I going to have and you know am I going to do hypnobirthing or will I sit in a pool I mean you're very candid about talking about cesareans for example which I think is great because a lot of women are still very much judged or seen as actually the cesarean is like the easier option of all the different things that that you can have but what do you think about that kind of newborn phase because you, you know you kind of described that 3am thing there might be some people who are kind of going through that phase right now because I think uh, certainly when I was going through that phase I was either watching quite a lot of Netflix on my iPad or sometimes I would listen to podcasts as well what would be your kind of like little reassurances for mums who are I mean it's it's a phase that you yourself have kind of described as is a bit bleak isn't it it's a bit it's a bit crap really it can be I mean obviously not everyone has a a, a a tricky newborn experience some people really they thrive they love newborns it just wasn't for me and it was much harder than I anticipated and I think my my advice that I always try and fling on poor new mums who haven't asked for it is the very trite it's all a phase and it is and it's so annoying but it is all a phase and it does get better and they will sleep and all of those things are true and they met that I can act like hand on heart they are true they are facts when they will happen well that's a bit more up in the air but you just have to cling on to the hope that one day your child will sleep through the night that is a hundred percent going to happen one day they will sleep through the night and I remember like I would sing to my baby in the morning uh from um singing in the rain good morning good morning you didn't sleep the whole night through and I remember thinking one day I'll be able to say you did sleep one day I'll be singing you did sleep the whole night through and now she's two and a half and she sleeps through every night I mean we have 5 a.m wake-ups but you know technically she slept through the night it it does all change and it and it is just a phase and soon just like it is for me your newborn stage will be a hazy weird cheese dream that you experienced but you will get through it it is I remember people saying that to me as well and you just sort of you get a bit hacked off, don't you? Because you're kind of like, what do you know? I'm bloody knackered. But actually, it's just true. It will it will pass, won't it? You also talk quite a bit in the book about your sort of how your body changes sort of during pregnancy, but also kind of post-pregnancy. Do you think you were kind of prepared for that that kind of um because it's quite hard isn't it because you're you'll kind of have this explosion going off you've got this new child and then suddenly your body just seems like a completely different body as well and maybe I mean some women fall into that thing of, of still I mean wearing maternity clothes for the first year anyway because your body doesn't suddenly go back into its former shape whatever advertising tells us what did, were you kind of prepared mentally for how much it would change your body as well I loved the physical change of pregnancy. I really enjoyed that because it's interesting and you are, you feel so full. You're just full of life and, you know, clothes cling to your beautiful bump and it looks sensational. But the afterwards, yeah, I found that really hard. And I tried to pretend that I didn't because I think perhaps I felt a bit shallow being so sort of de- disappointed with how I looked because it, it for a while, you know, you've, you've just expelled this child that it's taken nine months to grow and then you you're sort of looking at yourself a month after they've been born going why do I look sort of like a deflated sack like what is what is happening this isn't me I know I know I'm not pregnant anymore so why aren't why 
am I not looking like me? This isn't the, my body I remember. And it feels like you're staring at someone else's body. It's so weird. And you still have to get used to this new flesh. And I think it's, yeah, it's a real tricky time. Not for, again, not for everyone. And some people will deal with it much better than I did, I'm sure. But yeah, I found it mentally a bit a bit tricky because you're, you're trying to get used to being a mum. You want to be a good mum. You want to look after your baby, but then also you're just like, I just want to fit in my old jeans and not feel weird. And it did feel a bit sad for a while. And I think I think I've got better with it now because my body has changed and it won't ever be the same again. And also my maternity clothes did come in quite useful after the first few lockdowns when I'd sort of been quite chocolate heavy and sitting on the sofa a lot. So, you know, they've, they've got other uses. But I do think, again, that's, it's all a process of adjustment. You, you become a, a new person after you have a child. And sometimes that can be reflected in your physicality. Mm, I had a hideous um, occasion, actually, where I hadn't been out for a little while. And one of my neighbours, I'd, I'd got a newborn at home, but my neighbour thought that I was still pregnant. So basically shouted across the street and said, you know, have you still not had the baby? And my youngest was probably about sort of three or four weeks old at this stage. But, you know, many pregnant women, you continue walking around with a significant bump. I think that's one of the things that we need to demystify a bit is that you don't, that tummy sits there like a little empty pouch, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes its time to go down. And quite right. Why should it suddenly deflate after a week? It's taken nine months to get that big. So you would have to think you have to give it at least nine months to try and sort itself out and just go down a bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, another thing that you talk about is kind of, I suppose, really, the way that having a baby, I mean, I use the explosion analogy, but I suppose it kind of destroys everything. Um, and it destroys things, I guess, in a positive way, but also in a negative way. And you sort of make a list of different things that it impacts on. Of all the things that it kind of destroyed, and you kind of think, oh, God, I'm struggling with that. And then are there any things that it's destroyed and you think, actually, that was a good thing that it did do that. It kind of shook it up a bit. Um, she has offered me the, um, you know, the romantic, obsessive love that you hear about parents having and you think, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But actually experiencing that is wonderful to, to suddenly bring this thing, like just to bring so much just laugh into your life and I just I just look at her sometimes and I just want to squeeze her like quite I'm not quite it makes me quite violent you know what I mean it may, it gives me violent feelings because I just I'm so adoring of her that's been wonderful and then the, the the reflections that that brings you um if you're I'm fortunate enough to have a good relationship with my parents and it makes me go crikey they love me as much as I love her and god I've been living with this love you know, surrounding me like this little bubble for my whole life. And only now do I kind of properly get it that, of course, like my dad is still, you know, I'm 37. He still sometimes plays taxi driver for me. Of course he does that because he loves me as much as I love my little idiot child. And it, that's lovely to see. So that's a good, that's a good realisation, I think, perhaps, um, it makes you definitely makes you feel more vulnerable, though. I know that sort of there's that quote, um, having a, I'm going to, uh, cannibalize it now but along the lines of having a child is like watching your heart walk around outside your body and it really it really is true so it's like your superpower and your weakness that's a good destruction I I think it's made me I wouldn't say it's 
I wouldn't say it's made me less selfish in because I think really having a child is incredibly selfish it's like bringing up yourself so I think it's like the vainest you could do really but it does it certainly means that I do focus on someone else a lot but you know I also brought that person into the world and I'm sort of raising her because it's like raising myself as a child that's how I look at it anyway so really I don't know has it made me less selfish but I think it's definitely I think it's made me a more empathetic person especially to other women and mothers oh crikey I just I, I I see mothers so differently now and I it's made me much more friendly actually like I wasn't I don't know if I was that chatty like in the park normally but now I've had a child I have chats everywhere I go we have a little chat and I I, I love it and I think get through lockdown actually not having friends around or my family around having a little chat with a random parent that we'd bump into in the park saw me through those little snippets of just sort of connection of people who understood what you were going through and just you know really passing little five minute chats in here and there I love it and I, I love talking to mums I love talking to parents I never get bored about talking about their child my child children in general what's going on at the moment like in you know stages of development i i just love it so i think it's made me maybe a warmer a warmer person so what's this bubble thing i keep hearing parents on whatsapp chatting about it but i haven't got a clue well bubble is the easy to use app that helps you find childcare and babysitters sounds a bit odd it's it's an app so how does that work well you just literally select your time and date post a job and then you'll see sitters in your area who are available all sitters are fully verified and background checked and you can also read reviews from fellow parents and arrange to have a chat or a cup of tea with your sitter if you're nervous. There must be a catch. I mean, there's always a catch, right? Well, you do need to have a phone. Okay. And you do need to book somewhere to go out to? Well, yeah, I can I can do both of those things. Apart from that, no catch. Hmm, so there's nothing to get hysterical about on WhatsApp? No, nothing at all. Great. I might just give that a whirl. Bubble. Get on the App Store and download the app. Book trusted childcare. It's really that simple. It's funny you say that because I remember really being incredibly embarrassed when my mum would talk to people on the street, you know, when we were coming home from school or if we were in the supermarket and she still does it like she'll talk to you know, the woman who's, you know, the, when she's going through the cash till, she has a big, long conversation. But just as you said, I'm exactly the same now. So I stop and talk to mainly mainly parents, but just about anyone along the way. And uh, my eldest daughter gets really sick of it. Like she's always <laughs> pulling me along. And it's funny, it does kind of open you up a bit. Maybe because you've had that vulnerability, you've kind of, you've, I mean, you described it, you know, your heart sort of being going out into the world and yeah are you also I mean I cry quite a lot I think more than I did before I had a child I don't know if you found that so sort of crying at adverts and things like that that maybe ordinarily but that may be just tiredness actually (laughs) being very tired yeah I think um as as I and I heard people say this before I had a child that they can't you can't watch anything about poorly children or read anything and that's absolutely absolutely true I mean uh, I'm gagging to read Hamlet the uh, story about Shakespeare's child who died the novel um but I just can't I can't bring myself I read one chapter and I just was absolutely destroyed because it's about the death of a child and I just thought I can't I can't mentally go there so yeah it's made it's definitely yeah, it opens you up I think it's exactly that it opens you up your hearts your hearts out there you're just more vulnerable in general mm. and the other thing I wanted to just touch on was kind of um I guess I mean you've said a bit about it becoming less intense Um, You know, we talked a bit about the newborn days where it just feels like it's never ending and it's relentless. Do you feel that it has become 
there's that sense that like, people always say that to you, don't they? Go, oh, it's um, it just new challenges present themselves along the way. But do you feel like it's generally become a bit easier, or has it just changed? I think no. I think it is easier now because she's at nursery, so we have three days a week of nursery. One day, my mum and dad look after her, so four days a week she is with other people all day which means me and my husband can both focus on work for four days a week that's undeniably easier than having a child in the house all the time there's just no two ways about it and also we just know what we're doing more it's everything is just less frenzied but when she is around yes there are different challenges because she has opinions and she's very tempestuous and you never quite know when a meltdown is going to happen but in general yeah it's it's so much easier now and so like I don't know what that first year was but it wasn't it wasn't my life (laughs) like this is much more representative of what I had hoped parenting to be parenting would be um and now yeah it feels manageable and also because we only have one child there's two adults to one child it's a very good ratio it always means someone is free so yeah I'm very I'm very grateful for the sort of the routine that we've got we've got going on now Mm. And finally, what about kind of things like, because your relationship obviously changes as well, quite significantly. And you talk in the book about sort of how date nights, I suppose sort of pre-kids might have been quite late night, maybe slightly more debauched affairs. You know, you might have been out until three in the morning, whereas now it's quite cut and dried because, you know, you've got to get up really early. Um, What's your perfect date night now, do you think? Perfect date night for me starts at 5 p.m. You don't want to have to be waking up with a hangover you because you're going to be up at, by six. You're going to be up by six in our house, at least anyway. So what's what's the point in making it miserable? Just start earlier. That's the secret. But I do think getting time together as a, as a couple, if you're fortunate to have a, if you're fortunate enough to have a partner, it's key to try and remember that they are your person and not just your co-parent who you share a bed with it's you've got to try and keep that connection because you know that's the key to all of your happiness if you can make that relationship happy then the house will be happy and and it's it's time you know it gives you time to try and erase the list of resentments that in my head at least are notched up every day all day yeah (laughs) so it's so difficult when you're when you're parenting to to not feel hard done by uh, because you're both you're both stretched right in our house we've both got full-on full-time jobs um we're trying to do exactly what we did before we have a child but we're also trying to shape another human and raise another human so to have that on top of everything else that we used to do it's just loads and also just the general lack of sleep you have to really nurture your relationship and I am not saying I'd I know ideally that's what your mother do I'm not saying I do that so well at that but um if you can but yeah I mean date nights are are really important we went away for two nights the other week oh wow (gasps) my parents we moved back nearer to my parents it's a bit more convenient so yeah they had her for two nights and it was it was wonderful (laughs) it must have also been quite strange though because you sometimes have that thing I don't know if you had that where you sort of were like asleep and then suddenly wondering why no one had woken you up yet you know it's kind of that the routine is so different isn't it yeah I mean we our eyes still pinged open at around six but then you go oh we don't need to do that today let's try like force ourselves to go back to sleep but yeah I think time time away from my child makes me a better mother I'm not very good at mothering 24 7 that's just not my bag and I I salute anyone who does that like it's full on full on in every respect and I think 
you can't underestimate how hard that is to be a full-time like stay-at-home parent so yeah for me time away from my child and time with my husband's really important yeah and like actually when I first when I was in first had my baby we were in London and I wasn't near my family so I didn't have anyone who could just pop in and I found that I I'd use bubble actually for I'd get a babysitter in for like three or four hours at a time and I would get to go upstairs and just do a bit of writing and knowing that she was just downstairs below my feet being played with by, by a nice lady. And I found even that little break was really good at the beginning because, you know, f- four months in, I was still, you know, breastfeeding a lot in a real daze of, you know, it's very hard to separate yourself from your child at that point. And I found just having that little break where I could just try and be myself for a little bit even if some of that meant just you know searching on the mail online for stupid gossipy stories it was quite a nice break for me and I I just yeah I for me and I know not everyone wants to leave their baby that early but I found it really helpful to have that break and I still do now yeah it's funny because um just that little bit of time away can be such a privilege sometimes you know even if it's just an hour actually absolutely um, just to regain a bit of your sense of self um again and just to do something that's purely for you you know that's not not looking after somebody else Um, I mean my friends still talk about they talk about like going to the for a spa trip to Tesco like and it's sometimes just that you know it's like mindfulness just to get out by yourself and just you know just wander around as that oh heaven <laughs> oh I know when it was um, when it was lockdown I would well my partner and I would fight about who was going to go and do the supermarket shopping on their own um you know or, or sometimes fight about who's going to go to Londis which is our sort of local shop um and I would walk really slowly up to Londis and then usually put some music or a podcast yeah, on yeah, and yeah. if my partner went he would be gone for like an hour but he'd then sit on a bench you know yeah, just to yeah. try and stall for a bit space. more time exactly absolutely um, I can understand just to that. get that mental space um listen Ellie thank you so much for joining us um and it's been fab what have you got next on your agenda you've got your fabulous book what are you planning to do this summer uh, well, I've got to get back to touring and actually do my day job of being a comedian. So, um, yeah, I've got tour dates in September, October to finish off that have been postponed and postponed and postponed. So I'm looking forward to finally getting back out on the road and being on stage for the first time in nearly two years. It's mad. That'll be fab. And that should all be thumbs up now, shouldn't it? I think. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We're looking good so far. Right. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. And um, I know that lots of our book club listeners will be buying the book and we'll actually be doing a competition where they can win copies as well. So um, they'll be reading it avidly. And thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Anaki. Cheers. Thanks for listening and tune in for our next episode in two weeks time. Also, follow us on Instagram at bubble underscore childcare and message us with your thoughts and any authors you'd love us to feature in the future. Also, share, like and leave a review. Here's to celebrating the return of going out and having our own book clubs.